Practically from the moment Donald Trump was elected president, the committee tasked with planning and raising money for his inauguration went to work. In a short amount of time, the committee put on a party as well as raised an amount of money that DC had never seen before. Now, over two years later, serious questions are being asked about those who ran the committee and how they spent the money. This is TikTok. I'm David Myers. Joining me today is Caleb Melby, who has been reporting on this for Bloomberg News. Thanks for doing this, Caleb. Thanks for having me. So take us back to the night of January 20th, 2017, just hours after President Trump had been inaugurated. Yeah. So, I mean, you're looking at uh, the culmination of about almost three months worth of effort um, to put on one of the biggest parties Washington has ever seen. They raised uh, a reported $107 million for a week's worth of events. That was more than double the $53 million raised uh, for Barack Obama's first inauguration. So this is this, the pump and circumstance. This is all the balls that the president and the first lady went to, all the galas that they attended. and So these are the main events that was set up for the inauguration week. So who was behind Behind all of it, who helped raise all that money? Right. So the the number one guy in charge of the inaugural committee is a guy by the name of Tom Barrick. Uh, he'll be familiar to a lot of people in the Bloomberg audience. He's he's a legendary investor. Did a lot of real estate and distressed debt investing back in his day. Uh, he knew Trump for decades, and it was his job uh, to put this event together to raise that money. Um, and even one of the dinners was in his honor. It's called the Chairman's Dinner. Uh, it was him and diplomats and a lot of Trump's top donors. And he was really, during the can, uh, the campaign, a surrogate for the president, making a lot of appearance, uh, judging a lot of the appearances the president himself, well, the president-to-be would do. So it's fair to say he was very close with the president. A- absolutely. Um, it, both uh, during that time and after Trump won the election, uh, Tom, did a, Tom Barrick did a lot of work uh, to try and get people in, uh, say, the New York financial community and the Hollywood communities comfortable with the idea of first a candidate Trump and and then a President Trump. But of course, Mr. Barrick also runs Colonial Capital, so he couldn't do everything. So he had many people on his team, some people uh, who were also on the campaign. What were some of the notable names on that committee for the inauguration? Right. Uh, probably the most notable uh, for most people will be Rick Gates. He had been a deputy to uh, Trump's uh, former campaign uh, manager, Paul Manafort, and had worked with Manafort in Ukraine. And of course, he's since uh, been indicted uh, and, and pled guilty and is cooperating with the Mueller investigation. Other there, there, there was a, a, another handful of executives from uh, Colony Capital, Tom Barrick's firm, and then also some other people who had worked with Manafort and Gates in the past, uh, both uh, Lori Gay, who had run a super PAC for Trump during the campaign, and another guy called Frank Mermood, uh, who was responsible for uh, the diplomatic corps and managing diplomatic guests, both at the Republican National Convention and then later at the inaugural as well. So... Gates is obviously a huge target in Mueller's investigation. As you said, he's cooperating with it. So describe what he did on a day-to-day basis in that three months from winning the election to the inauguration. Right. So so as you said, Tom was a very, is it a very important guy and a very busy guy. And a lot of the tasks that might have typically uh, fallen to a campaign chairman uh, were not things that he was always super excited to do. And Rick Gates was a guy he trusted deeply. And Rick picked up a lot of that slack and managed a lot of that for Tom, be it on the fundraising side, picking entertainment, um, you, uh, you know, debating or negotiating budgets with vendors like he had touches on all of it. 
So it takes you forward about a year or so to the position Rick Gates is in now. So when you think about that, yeah. and you think about the record amount of money uh, they they raised in just those three months, that had to raise some red flags. Right. Just just because of the trouble Rick Gates is in already and his prominent role, uh, that, that has raised a lot of questions. Some other things to consider is that it took the committee a really long time to file their tax documents, the product of uh, a planning process that was chaotic and a huge budget and a lot of vendors just trying to wrap all of that up. Um, and, and yeah, so we now see uh, investigations coming out of the Southern District of New York and federal prosecutors there. A civil subpoena came out of uh, the New Jersey Attorney General's office earlier this week. They're all very broad-based. They're asking for documents and communications from all steps of this process. Uh, they've said that they're looking for everything from uh, money and wire fraud or accepting foreign donations. Like, we just don't know where this is going to go yet. What are some of the alleged allegations from this federal investigation when it comes to someone like Rick Gates? Are there specifics? Not yet. Um, we, we know a few specifics uh, of what they're looking for and, and then of some criminality around the inaugural already. First of all, we know the subpoena names a guy called uh, Ahmad Zuberi. He's an American investor with ties in the Middle East. And they're asking specifically about the donation he made to get to go to some of the inaugural events. Also, there is another guy by the name of Sam Patton, who has already pled guilty to donating $50,000 to the inaugural through uh, what they call a straw man donor uh, on behalf of a Ukrainian oligarch in exchange for tickets. Was there any indication that Barrick or anyone on the committee or anyone in the super PAC, um, the PIC super PAC, saw this coming? No, uh, I, 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 um, not until uh, about early 2018, when they were starting to put those tax documents together and they were trying to figure out what the finances looked like and finalize the finances, did they really start to get nervous because journalists had been asking for months at that point specific questions about how much money was raised, how it was spent, et cetera, et cetera. And our story uh, from this week looks at a document they put together ahead of the release release of those tax documents, where they really all tried to get on the same page when it came to some hard questions that they had either already been asked or knew or, knew or expected they were going to be asked. Questions from the media or questions from law enforcement. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, your article makes no mention whatsoever of President Trump. Is there any indication as the strings on this story you know, get pulled um, from this federal investigation, or even maybe from a congressional investigation that might come from House Democrats, that they'll look they'll look for President Trump's involvement or anyone in his family. So uh, it's definitely possible. Again, th those investigations seem to be very broad in scope. So if there were any touches, my expectation is that they would find them. Uh, the thing to keep in mind is that the transition which was going on at the same time to move Trump and his team into the White House and in the and the inaugural were technically separate affairs with the transition being operated out of Trump Tower in New York and uh, and uh, the inaugural being op operated out of Colony's offices, which I'll point out were just kitty corner from Trump Tower um, in New York. Um, but they do involve some of the same players. Tom Barrick was known to be a close ally of Trump's. Uh, he fielded a lot of requests from people who wanted to find jobs in 
in or around the administration. Um, and he was somebody that Trump and a lot of Trump's advisors trusted as they were trying to make those picks. And then there's other people like Gates, like Jared Kushner, uh, who, who, you know, had touches with both over over the course of those couple of months. What has Barrick or um, the committee itself had to say about your reporting? Yeah, so the, we reached out to the committee um, and they said, look, we can't comment on uh, specific stories about topics like this while the investigation is ongoing. And how about the White House? Uh, the White House uh, didn't respond to a request for comment on this story. So when you take into account, Caleb, the potential money laundering false statements, mail and wire fraud that possibly could have taken place within the, the super PAC and the inauguration committee. Who could be the fall guy or woman in all of this? And what kind of jail time would they be looking at? Uh, that's a great question. And again, I'm, I'm sorry to have to punt. I wouldn't want to speculate. And, um, and uh, jail times could range wildly depending on what is or isn't found. But it's safe to say that this really might just be the beginning of this particular investigation. Yes. Uh, and I think specifically this is coming at a really hard time uh, for Tom Barrick. Like, I mean, this is a guy who's been rather impervious to all of the chaos and all the scandals around the Trump administration. But these probes around the inaugural are coming at the same time that House Democrats uh, are probing a different uh, project emanating from the Trump team that they had called the Mideast Marshall Plan to bring nuclear technology to Saudi Arabia and other countries uh, that Barrick had some involvement in. And uh, if anybody was paying attention to the news last week, he had been speaking at a conference uh, in the Mideast Gulf region uh, where he said it was a, it was a mistake uh, to criticize um, uh, the murder of U.S.-based uh, journalist uh, Jamal Khashoggi and then quickly had to walk that back. That was kind of like a weird snafu for a guy who's normally very level-headed and very calm and uh, could be indicative of just like the amount of stress he's under right now. Caleb, thanks for doing this. Thanks for having me. Make sure to follow Caleb on Twitter. You can find him at Caleb Melby. That's the TikTok for today. Thanks for listening and please head on over to iTunes and let us know what you think. I'm David Myers. You can follow me on Twitter at David F. Myers, and you can get all your updates 24-7 at TikTok.